Hi everyone, I'm Cynthia Garrett and welcome to today's session. You know, I have literally heard the saying, follow your heart my entire life. And I always thought to be honest with you that it was the basis on which I should live my life. You know, I followed my heart. Um, why did you make that decision? Because I felt it in my heart. Um, what's right and what's wrong? I don't know, let your heart determine. There's so much of that that I know that you guys understand that just came out of my mouth. And that's why on today's session, I wanna really talk about following your heart and making decisions from the heart. You know, the Bible says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God abides in him and who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Well, we all have a basic understanding of what love is, but we're unable to comprehend the depths of true love. This is the love that God embodies. God is the genesis of love. He's the source of it. And it's by him that we experience love at all. Okay, we get this. God's love is based in a supreme desire to glorify himself for he is the being most worthy of love. By seeking his own glory, God pours forth his love upon his creation that it might better give glory to him. God loves his creation and better than his creation, God loves his people, us, all of us whom he will take with himself into eternal glory. This is one of the greatest truths in scripture. And in spite of who we are and through, and, and although God hates the workers of iniquity, which we're told in Psalm 5:5, in spite of all of this, God still loves us. It's amazing, you know? So I guess my biggest question is, why are we so off on the concept of love in the world today and what it means to follow your heart, which we think is about following love? Yeah, great question. By the way, for those of you who don't already know, joining me on the couch today is my husband, Roger Charles, who's an amazing Bible scholar and teacher and has been for well over 30 some odd years. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. It's true. So love, following yeah. the heart. Why, why should we follow our heart and why should we not follow our heart? Well. I think we explained this once before, and you know, our idea of love and God's idea of love are very different. And our idea of love comes from compassion. And uh, compassion is a great thing. But doesn't God's idea of love also come from compassion? Yes, but when you have full knowledge of everything, you can have correct compassion. I could give money to a homeless person that turns and uses that to take drugs and overdose. God would know if the person would overdose with the gift he gives. Wow, so God's love may not often give what we think we want because he knows the end at the beginning and our end might be disastrous if we get what we want at the beginning. Yeah. Okay, that's deep. <laughs> yeah, and this is why we're to be led of the spirit and not of the heart. We aren't commanded to follow your heart. You know, Peter Pan said, uh, if your heart, or if you think of happy things, your heart will fly on wings. And then he jumps out a third story window. Well, he could fly. <laughs> well, there's the lie part. Right. You can't fly if they think of happy things. Right. People have tried that right. and they had a uh, rocky uh, landing. Right, 
Right. So what is, I mean, what is God's word about the heart? Well, God's word about the heart is pretty rough. Now, the first commandment, the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and soul and strength. So the first thing we're told to do with our heart is to love God. To turn it toward him. Absolutely. Yeah. But in Jeremiah 17, it talks about the nation of Israel having sin engraved on their heart with a, a pen of diamond, the point of diamond. It was just written on their heart. And then he goes on to tell them, woe to the man who trusts in the flesh. They were trusting in their heart, but there was sin in their heart and they didn't recognize it. He said, trust in the Lord. Don't trust in your heart because Jesus goes on to explain that out of the heart comes murders and adulteries and all of these things, the right? issues of life. Right. All the, the extremities of life, the complete extreme of where life can go can come out of the heart. Yeah, but then I can see, and can't you see how confusing this would be for people? Because if out of the heart come good things and bad things, mm -hmm. I mean, we know right. that love also comes out of the heart. Okay, so, so how do we decipher what to follow? Let's, let's talk about God's love so we can then see a correct uh, way to use our love, right? So we're told, first of all, to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So if my heart is 100% for God, first of all, I won't do things against God, and I will also love the things God loves and do the things God does, right? When my heart is for Him, I will do the things for him. Now his heart is for us. So much that he would give his own son. His sacrifice for us is far more than we could ever sacrifice for him. It's a two-way street with the Lord. He doesn't just say, love me. He already loved us. In fact, that's our response. We love him because he loved us first. So he sets our heart in a right place to understand his heart because he says the heart is desperately wicked who can know it. I can't know my own heart. He also said, my heart is deceitful above all things. So the problem with my compassion, and it, it always is easiest to see it on somebody else. How many of us have seen a friend who falls in love and we all know that person they fell in love with is dangerous? And you say, don't fall in love with him. Don't fall in love with her. And they say, oh, but they have my heart. And you're like, your heart is so stupid. <laughs> At times, our heart can just be dumb. God asks us not to, with our heart, believe in him. He says, come, let us reason together. That's what he says, reason. He doesn't say, just follow your heart to me. Mm -hmm. He said, let's reason together. Let's find out. Though your sins are as scarlet, they'll be white as wool. This is uh, Isaiah first chapter. Right. So... I guess kind of an answer to answer my own question. I mean, if, if out of our heart flow all of these issues, good and bad, mm -hmm. you know, love can flow out of our heart, but so can murder, you know, yep. or lying or slander or anything else, mm -hmm. then the reason, then the way that we understand what to follow is to reason with God. Yes. Which issue that's coming out of our heart actually is love and what love really does look like. Yes. Right. Got it. So in the ultimate chapter on love, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, is, he says, love is patient. 
and love is kind. If you're not patient and kind, you're not loving with God's love. Now, you can have the type of love that's looking to get love, and that's neither patient, not really even kind. You're loving so that other person will love you back. You're not loving just because you love to love them. Right. God loves everybody in the world because he loves to love them. He sends the sunshine on the just and the unjust. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's you know, but when we love people, right, we tend to do what we feel is right, right. versus what actually is right. So, watch. This is how we all know that telling people to follow their emotions is a bad idea. If you were with a serial murderer, you would not tell him to follow his heart. Or you better start running. Right, yeah, obviously. Right? So we know our heart can be off. But God is saying, if you give me your heart, I will restore your heart. I'll give you a clean heart. And I will then show you how to love. Um, you know, Jesus said, uh, I am meek, learn of me. I am meek and lowly of heart. Well, if, the, if Jesus Christ, who created all things, who is Lord and Master, as he told the disciples, says, learn of me. I am meek and lowly of heart. Jesus came in a lowly state to, lowly, to teach in a lowly way. He didn't come with great pomp like a king and with, you know, a procession of trumpeters. He came in a lowly way. And we're to treat each other in love in that same lowly fashion that Christ did. Yeah, I, I, but what happens when you have a person who wants to feel a certain emotion in their heart and can't, or doesn't want to feel a certain emotion yep. in their heart? Can God change you know, what, they, what they want to feel or don't want to feel? That's, that is so important to know. First of all, two things. We talked about being led of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. When you're led of the Spirit, your heart doesn't matter, number one. Now, your heart does matter, but what I'm saying to what you actually do when you're led of the Spirit, you're not being led of the heart. You're in communication with the Lord and you're walking in partnership with Him and you'll do what He is guiding you to do, mm -hmm. number one. So that's more important than anything else. It's more important than even the condition of your heart because you're following the Lord you will stay right on path. If you're holding his hand, you can't go anywhere but the correct place. But, and, and if you let go of his hand, it doesn't matter the condition of your heart. You won't be walking with him. So hold God's hand, stay in fellowship with him continuously. Paul said to pray without ceasing. This is the most important thing, to stay in fellowship with God. But the second thing, you're right. What if my heart just doesn't want what God tells me to want? That's a big deal. Yeah. Right? Right. Okay. So I already know the first thing is recognize my heart's deceitful. Can fool me. I don't even know what I want. And secondly. But, but some people think that they know what they want or what they don't want. Well, we all think we know what we want or don't want. Right. Okay. Okay. So you've got to acknowledge the bottom line reality that you really don't know what you, you think you know what, or what you think you want. You're starting to sound like a Stones song here. No, no. I, got, I, know, I know. I know. No, that's I can't always get what, what I, I want. want. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but, but I do try and most times I do get what I need. Right. This is like ordering a dish that sounds so good and you get 
get it, and it works for food, but it wasn't what you wanted. Right, exactly, exactly, <laughs> right? exactly. So we do have a heart, and just like ordering food that sounds so good, oh my gosh, it's the truffle mac and cheese, and it tastes like snot, right? It doesn't taste like anything you ever wanted, right? Well, that happens in life. This is following your heart. Ooh, that sounds so good. I think I'll show love to the person in that way. And have you ever done good to somebody and they take it as evil? Why would you do that? And you're like, because that would be a nice thing to do. You know, and they take it as an insult somehow. And, and so love, the love of God, that's why, again, it's so important to be led of the Spirit, because if you're led of the Spirit, it'll be effective at least, bare minimum as to what your action is. Yeah, but I, I guess I'm still struggling with, because I, I, I know that you know in dealing with hundreds of people um, in counseling situations, sometimes yeah. you know brokenness, oh, yeah. you know, or, or things that happen in our lives actually affect the way in which our heart works. I totally agree with you. I, the first thing there before we even talk about brokenness is my surrender. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus Christ gave everything he could give so that I might have eternal life. He went through the deepest torture and ultimately hell itself to rescue me. And Paul said, it's my reasonable service to give my life to him. It's just reasonable. Mm -hmm. It's just logical. Mm -hmm. And if I won't surrender, if I won't give myself to him as a servant, a servant doesn't serve on his own terms. If I won't, Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. Are you coming after Jesus? Then deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow him. Now he has great things in store for you, has great plan, great life for you. Mm -hmm. But you can't have that great life until you surrender all. And so the first thing is to recognize what he loves and what he doesn't love. And you said, well, what if my heart doesn't love what God loves? Or what if I hate, what if, what if I love what he hates? Well, what if you're married and you know that you should love your spouse, but your heart doesn't want to love your spouse anymore and you're sticking around just waiting for God to go bingo bambo and change you? Okay, then, I mean, it, and that question applies to almost every area of life. What if I'm in a job I hate? What if I'm, what if I'm, what if I'm? I don't like the church. I don't like church people. I don't, when I got saved, I got, I got saved by just reading the Bible. I didn't go to church. You know, I actually had to pray the prayer, make me like church people. I didn't like church people, right. you know. So, you know, my heart had been so, as all of us who come out of the world, I had been so into surfing, playing rock music, doing all these things, and that was my world, you know, sports and surfing. And, and I, I didn't know church, you know, I didn't know that social etiquette or anything about it. It was uncomfortable, right? Yeah. In wow. fact, to play worship music, whew, to go from performance rock music to worship, uncomfortable. So all of those things we have to learn from the Lord. We can't, before you even get to the brokenness thing, the, the Lord can teach us to love our spouse or to love our neighbor or to love oh, yeah. a family member that is no. that annoys us or that we're just not drawn to being in relationship with? Absolutely. 
So you're saying that God's will can trump ours. Well, if I die to myself, obviously his will trumps up mine. Right. If I die to myself. If I refuse to die to myself, I will continue to try and, and this will drive you crazy, I will continue to try and balance God's word with my desires. And that will drive you just crazy. Well, that sounds like it, the definition of insanity because you can't, I mean, what happens when you can't, if you're constantly trying to rationalize or, or, or use God's word to justify your desires, yeah. you can't ever be happy. Right. Or you're constantly shifting and trying to change the word of God. Yeah. And what God is trying to do is get us to shift and change ourselves to line up with the word of God, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay, follow you. So, politics and the laws of the land. Now, this makes me think about nations and policies that, we, that I see passed where the rationale is, well, it's right to do this because if we take care of others or we love others, then, you know, we, we should have this policy or that policy. But then that makes me think about, for example, the arguments about a woman having the right to choose, which is always really offered as this loving, kind act. You know, it's a woman's body. It's her right to choose. But then, but then when I sat down and really prayed, and because I've often really prayed about this issue, because when I first became... Um, a celebrity in the States. Mm -hmm. I remember Planned Parenthood coming to me to ask me if I would host a big luncheon for them. And I'll never forget it. And I hosted this luncheon honoring Jane Fonda. Right. And I, I didn't know whether to say yes or no. And I said, well, I would have to speak from my heart and I'm a Christian. And they said, okay, that's okay. And I remember walking up in front of this, I mean, I don't know, three or 4,000 people to honor this woman. And I said, you know, I'm very conflicted about this because I'm a Christian. And um, now, then this is many years ago, and today I would say no, but then yeah. all I really did was air a lot of my own confusion about the fact that it didn't seem very loving to kill unborn children. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And of course. Yeah, so I was, anyway, so I guess that makes me ask you the question, how do we deal with the with laws and policies that seem like they're about helping people, but then are they, is that really God's love? Well, boy, you asked about about four things there. I know, I'm sorry. Yeah, that That's was like okay. a vomit of questions yeah. at one time. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. And they are tied together in some fashion. So let's just talk about, first of all, um, choice. You know, God gave Adam and Eve choice. He didn't give cows choice. He gave Adam and Eve choice. This is a signature of man's uh, relationship with God. He gets to choose God or not choose God. Free will. That's how we put it, free will. You have a free will. Women do have a free will to do whatever they want. And so do men. We all have a free will to do what we want. Law is a different thing, as you know very well. You're more educated than I am in it. Um, but law is a totally different matter. What kind of laws should we have? Laws aren't about taking away somebody's free will primarily. Laws are about creating order in society, and that's very important to God. Laws are critical to how society is 
managed and taken care of. Can somebody just go around doing whatever they want? No, of course not. Of course not. Someone hurts a child, you have to do something about it. And it's partial justice, partial social protection, right? So, uh, you know, whether somebody is a, a thief, a rapist, or murderer, they all have to be dealt with somehow, or else they'll just use their free will to do damage to society as a whole. So, those two different things are very difficult to talk about in the same sentence because free will, God gave to everybody, and Hitler had free will. And God didn't take away Hitler's free will. This is hard stuff for us to grasp. Why didn't you take away Hitler's free will? Well, the minute God takes away free will from the world, he takes away choice. And when he takes away choice, he takes away the entire reason he created mankind. We're all a bunch of robots. He created us so that we could choose to love him. Absolutely. And this actually all ties back into love and your heart. Right. He wants you to choose him, both with your mind and with your heart. Well, and it's kind of what I opened up with at the top, which I just love. It's such a powerful scriptural revelation that we love because he first loved us. You know, yes. he is the very definition of love. But how has the concept of God's love been so warped in the world today? Uh, I think because of wrong judgment on the part of Christians. You know, Christians, not, not only, not only, there always will be a rebuff to God from some of society. We know that. It's in Scripture. The nations at the very end are going to gather against God, which is insanity, right? But there is a misrepresenting of God that goes on in the world where some people who call themselves Christians or God's people, you know, hold signs up and do crazy stuff and say God hates this group or hates that group. And some of the times I've been to Christian events where there's supposedly Christians putting up posters saying God hates those other Christians. I, it's such a mess. It is. Yeah, no, I mean, that, but that to me is so clearly wrong. You know, but I, I think about, yeah. you know, I, I even think about, though, the, the lack of loving response to a human being or to a situation that, you know, some people, like, I don't want this, so I'm not going to respond in love. I mean, it makes me think about our, 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 our current or recent election. You know, it's like, I don't understand a response of hatred and violence to someone winning for president. Like, I just don't get that. There's no point in that, you know? And that's what makes me, and has made me really look at nations and policies and go, is there a real misconception of what love is going on in the world today on a deeper level? Let me give you, I'm gonna give you a situation. Happened not that long ago. I'm talking with a coworker, an architect, and uh, we were just talking about, you know, abortion and free will and that kind of thing. and I. I said, you know, I don't want ta my tax dollars going to pay for abortions because uh, primarily abortions just use like birth control in America. And uh, I said, but I also understand that it's very hard to implement a law stopping abortion. And I think that's probably a wrong thing to try and do. He said to me, this guy who generally doesn't care about politics or anything like that, is pretty tough guy kind of guy. He says to me, you're wrong. I said, I'm wrong. 
And he said, you're wrong. I know you're wrong. You are wrong. And I, it was so forceful that I had to sit back and go, okay, why am I wrong? He said, my mother was 17. He was from Romania. When my mother was 17, she was pregnant with me. And they changed the law. And because they changed the law, she couldn't get an abortion. And because she couldn't get an abortion, I'm alive. Hmm. Now, when you ask what love is hmm. to him, love looks like a law. Hmm. That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's it. And it's interesting because that's sort of takes me kind of full circle with really what, you know, I was talking about, which I really hope, you know, and wanted to communicate from my heart was that so much, I think, of when it comes to policies and politics and nations and laws, so much of what we think is a loving law to pass is in fact not a loving law to pass at all. Because, Correct. yeah, because we're dealing with a moment or only a small portion of understanding of, an, of, of, of a much bigger issue or even a much bigger web of people that are uh, affected. Yeah. You know, uh, when there's sin in the nation, the princes are many, the scripture says. In other words, you need laws and you need a lot of people to enforce those laws when there's sin in the nation. Laws don't create a good nation. They do not. People create a good nation. But the fact remains, you got to create a ton of laws when there's a lot of sin, wow. right? Because that's the only way to manage it. That's right. That's right. Wow, that's a, that's a very good argument uh, for the fact that um, what we have is what we all know that we have. We have a people problem. You know, right. each of us has a heart problem. Yeah. <laughs> we have a heart problem that needs to be changed collectively. Yeah. You know? Well, again, the scripture says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Right, right. So exactly. if you think whatever nation you're in is a reproach, you know the reason why. Boy, that's kind of like drop the mic on this conversation statement, you know what I mean? Um, and maybe we should because we're kind of out of time. Um, so I think in closing, this is like, this is a, it's a real simple one, actually. In closing, don't follow your heart. Follow God. Yes. Follow the word of God. Yes. Right. I mean, don't live in accordance with your own truth. Live in accordance with God's truth. And honestly, I believe, because I've seen in my own life, that my own truth has gotten even uh, freer and, and, and stronger and more fulfilled and happier. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I also think that as you read the word of God mm -hmm. and you do a lot, mm -hmm. it's a sword. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Touche. Exactly. Well, you guys, we have to go. We're out of time. But thank you for joining us on this week's session. And I'm Cynthia Garrett, and I will see you next week.
Hi guys, it's me. I hope you enjoyed this last session. I know that we sure did. And I just wanted to take a quick second and pop in and remind you to pick up a copy of my new book, Prodigal Daughter, A Journey Home to Identity. Um, my heart is that you will all walk powerfully in your identity as found in Christ. And this book takes you through a whole lot of stuff that I've lived through but more importantly, through all of the lessons that God has taught me through the different experiences and challenges and issues that I've had to overcome in my life. So I know we've all got stuff and I know we all want victory. And so my hope is that in this book, you'll find some victory. It's available everywhere you can buy books at online uh, retailers and bookstores. And also you can find this and some other really great stuff on my website, CynthiaGarrett.org. I love you guys, and I'll see you soon.